Welcome to the Soacene Agora. Coexist with Flora. Windows for Aurora. Forgetting Sodom and Gomorrah. Remembering Pandora. Ciao, Signora. Hey everyone, welcome back to Soacene, the podcast where we imagine a beautiful, sustainable, tactile future. This week we have a special guest, Drake. Thank it, you for coming on the episode. Oh, oh I thought, sorry, poetry. I thought you were... Him, based yes. on that poem. Yeah, it was a little bit inspired by Drake's new album. Mm. As I said before, we started recording. Shout out for all the dogs. The Solocene dogs. Which the Beagles. The Beagles. Mm. Yeah. I guess that's a Solocene recommends for this week, actually. Beagles. Or Drake's album. <laughs> or we could say Nightmare on Elm Street, which we watched half of uh, last night before you started to faint. I had a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. and I had yeah. um, what was perhaps the most predictably bad night's sleep in human history do you want to know something fun no one listening cares but i had perhaps the best sleep of my life your alarm went off at 6 30 this morning and i hadn't woken up once through the night and i just thought it was like 1 a.m or something i was like right. why does there have an alarm for like 1 a.m and then i looked and it was 6 30 yeah, i had that children's rhyme that they were singing in the movie mm. One, two, like that stuck mm. stuck in my head all uh that would creep all me up. nightmares yep. yeah so this week we're going to be designing the solacene mall kind of solar punky mall for a sustainable future and then we're going to wrap up the episode by talking about kind of on theme by talking about nightmare on elm street our favorite movie costumes maybe nightmare on elm street will make an appearance i don't expect it to though so to start with the mall i had a quote which is the first thing that comes up on google <laughs> sounds so like ill-prepared when you search for death of the mall because I feel like that's such, it's almost a cliche. Yeah. It's almost a trope that people talk about that for decades. But it says on Google, a vestige of the 90s and early 2000s, the shopping mall experience has been abandoned in favor of unique corner boutiques and hole-in-the-wall restaurant finds. Much less concerned with similitude, young people today are searching for individual consumer experiences that fit their own unique style and personality. That's a good way of putting it. Do you because think that's what it is? I was thinking a bit about it, obviously, in preparation for this episode, and I feel like it's not like people don't go shopping anymore. People go shopping. Maybe there was an era right when online shopping took off where people stopped shopping, and maybe there were no boutiques or malls. But lately, at least in Montreal, there's a lot of boutiques and things. Yeah, I mean, I don't want this episode to be like why malls suck or how the mall died, even though mm -hmm. that's kind of what I just started it with. But it's more what they could be, I guess, in the utopian future. And so I think we have to ground it a little bit in perhaps what they once were in the heyday, mm. perhaps what people feel they're missing today, because I have a lot of, I mean, I feel like every time we walk around a mall, we are either silently or out loud just criticizing everything. Yeah. Maybe that reflects poorly on us. Mm. But also I think something people commonly say is, or that I've heard anyway, good riddance you know it's this big mecca mm. of like capitalism or materialism or consumerism and why should we have to gather in a place for buying but i think that is not necessarily a bad thing something being a mecca of goods because everybody loves farmers markets exactly everybody and likes those big get-togethers where there's different vendors food clothes whatever it's just the the nature of these things so i don't think they are like inherently bad places to be and it's like with the fall of malls it's not like we've stopped shopping or that capitalism has all of a sudden stopped yeah but that's it's gotten 
more intense and more of a chokehold on our lives. And you and I visited Greece last summer and we visited the Agora. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's why I opened the poem. Yeah. Welcome to the Seleucian Agora. Exactly. And it was like, this was thousands of years ago and people were gathering in a place of commerce because like you'll always have to buy things. So why why not make it a pleasant experience? The Agora was outdoors. So why not make it outdoors? Why not make it not soul-sucking? Yeah, soul-sucking. I like that you mentioned that because that's something else I wanted to reveal today on mm. the episode for the first time which is, I guess, a game or just a sad little categorization that we've been doing for the last few months, mm. which is just having conversations about whether something is soul or soulless, <laughs> which is the most arbitrary and subjective discussion that I suppose one can have. The parameters are almost deliberately vague and very often contradictory, yes. but it's more like a you-know-it-when-you-see-it. Banana mm. Republic. Soulless. A diner. Soul. <laughs> exactly. So, so you can see how it goes, et cetera, et cetera. And so I thought maybe the clearest way for you and I to delineate the Solocene Mall from the current mall, Soul. It's in the name. Solocene. Yeah. The Soul Mall. Should we add a U? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if we inscribe it into the current Solocene logo, just a really, uh, really tiny one, I mean. Yeah. So we don't change the spacing of anything, we just put tiny. Yeah. And people just think it's a dot. Mm. Cool. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of points on the Solocene Mall, so rein me in if needs be. I'm just going to go through them. The first thing that came to my mind of the Solocene Mall was that there'd be workshops, ateliers, where things are actually made in the mall, or at least can be worked on in the mall. In the mall where I grew up, there was a leather shop where people would bring in their boots, their wallets, their belts to be refinished or mended. And I always thought that was really cool. And it was interesting because as the mall died, this one shop remained. So obviously people have a demand yeah, for this. No, sort of I mean, thing. we grew up in different places, but my mall had the same thing. And it's this, this strange copy and paste strip mall that we've noticed across Canada and mm. perhaps just across all of North America. When they all have the exact same, even the things that are supposedly sold that you'd think would differ. Mm-hmm. They're always this, like, there's always a little leather place. Yeah. Or maybe just because we're in Nova Scotia, a little like skate repair place. Mm-hmm. And a massage parlor for some reason. Mine also had a massage parlor. Yeah, I know. Strange. Because <laughs> they're all the same. Yeah. But workshops. Because in the solar scene, people will be more inclined to repair, mend, upcycle. And so maybe you want to go to the mall. You feel, you're feeling fashion. You feel like having a fashion day. But you obviously <laughs> don't want to buy something new. But you're like, maybe I'll bring in my old skirt and have it have trim put on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Because not everyone, even in the solar scene, will be handy some people will just have other people do it for them and that will always be the case right. so i think having places for the the less diy inclined to bring their things so so what you're talking about there is this very clear intention of the person mm-hmm. you know what you want to do maybe before you go there yes i think that's very important but along the lines of soul being this contradictory metric <laughs> let me talk about what i also wanted to uh define the solo scene more with serendipity the opposite of intention Mm. can you define serendipity it is a chance encounter (laughs) a moment of everything feeling like it is coming together and then something happens pretty much i think the definition i had was the occurrence and development of events by chance in a happier beneficial way Hmm. 
So you got that pretty nailed on. I think you could work at a dictionary. So it's in dictionary. Who knows? And my inspiration for this was Hogwarts. Mm. Pure serendipity all over the place. You never know when a tapestry, you'll tumble through it through some secret passageway. A stair will give way. The staircase that you're on will just rotate and mm. you'll have to go somewhere else. The portraits will start shouting at you. Always a room will appear where there wasn't any before and it could mean or it could um, present itself in an infinite number of ways. So I think if we could somehow harness this energy in the Soasin Mall, what are you saying? You're pointing at me. I had rotating stores as my second point. You know what I have on here? What do you have? I just wrote spinning restos. So I think we're on the same... (laughs) You mean like physically rotating? No, I didn't. Oh, but, but that's what I'm talking about. I, I thought you'd have something like that. <laughs> so I meant rotating in the the other definition of the word of like pop-ups, mm-hmm. things like that. Because I do think an element of surprise, an element of mooch in the mall. <laughs> but I think rotating restaurants, why not? Like yeah. physically rotating. This is why we um, This is why we compliment each other well. Yes. It's one of my bucket list items, obviously, to go into one of those spinning restaurants mm. that looks like a... An UFO. alien spacecraft. Yeah. But can we talk a little bit about the architecture of this mall? Mm. Because neither of us are architects, but of course we have our amateur armchair architecture opinions. Our George Costanza. Right. And they are mostly informed, I think, by our dissatisfaction walking around existing mm. malls. Namely, that it's almost an in-joke how physically bad it makes you feel. Yeah, let us know in the comments or by email if you also feel thirsty when you're at the mall. <laughs> Simultaneously thirsty and like you always need to use the washroom. Yeah, I don't it's... know. I think it's it's partially that there's never any light. Mm-hmm. For some, I mean, in Montreal, they're often underground. But <laughs> just, peri- just all malls, they, they yeah. never have windows. And it's like, what's with this? And also that they are always hard to find what you want. Yeah. You're just turning corners and it's like, where's the exit? Oh, which, even when you're trying to leave, it's like, is mm. this the same way that I got out? So yeah. I think um, just remedying those very essential bodily like reactions that we have to it, light is nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe indoor, outdoor, courtyard, maybe some kind of hobbit style curved walls and roof that you can walk around with grass on top. Or maybe they have like a green greenhouse style, really tall ceiling mm-hmm. with like... Uh, with glass that light can come through. Actually, the the mall in Halifax, Nova Scotia, we don't want to be too disparaging because that's actually has a nice upper floor yeah. that is exactly like this. With uh, very very bright, very bright because it's a glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I had for my only architectural point was that air and water are important air elements, and, water. and it's kind of like Pokemon or the <laughs> the Airbenders. But I was like. I think those two elements will play a big part because air circulation, air quality needs to be considered. And yeah, there's there being water. It could be literal like little streams for just Whoa. like the vibes. Yeah. But also And fish in the walls as well. It's a very solacing feature. Just give me water fountains. Water fountains in the solar scene are going to be very important. It's a funny contrast, actually you mentioned water fountains. It reminds me of airports, which in mm-hmm. theory should make you feel just as bad as moles, but they're yeah. almost always much nicer. It's true. And I guess it's because they are airier, because maybe there's less people in like maybe there's more space. Yeah. But really it's it's a similar building where most of the new ones are just full of restaurants and little stores and mm. benches and 
but for some reason they don't make you feel so thirsty or garbage. Yeah. I think temperature is also key. There's an element of designs of mall. I couldn't find any proof of this. <laughs> but my conspiracy theory is that malls, they play annoying music. They're slightly stuffy to make you want to get out of there. So you just will make rash decisions and spend more money. Yeah, you told me about this yesterday. I was a little bit worried. You said, mm-hmm. oh yeah, quite often I'll just buy something just to get out of there. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That was poorly <laughs> phrased. But it's like, okay, you're in a thrift store. You're starting to feel the impending doom. And then you have like two sweaters in your hands. You can't really decide between them. Uh-huh. Just buy them both. Rather than having to listen to... Bruno Mars for right. the eighth time within that 20 minute span somehow. So music in the Solocene Mall. Are we just going to have a gong? I think a gong. Little wind chimes. Little singing bowls. Maybe it's live. Something else that's really fun is when airports will just have a bird in them. It's like, mm. how did that get there? Yeah. And it's not supposed to be there. No. It's kind of roosting in the top. Yeah. So I think that could... Maybe it's not good for products. <laughs> but it's an idea of... Um, well, plant life, let's say that. Yeah. Because... Let's talk strip malls, those big, big, big plants. For some reason, the biggest plants you'll ever see. Indoors, for some indoors. reason, yeah. Um, are they soul or soulless? They're soulless in a way. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make sense, but they yeah. are. Yeah, because I was always impressed, even in our little hole-in-the-wall strip mall, there were just like huge indoor trees. Yeah. It's like, normally I'd be impressed Why by this. Why are they this, so but big? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they absorb the negative energy from all of the sales people. Oh, right. And then they're just kind of... They're not trees anymore. They're just like vestiges of yeah. Bad so if, energy. if they ever fruited, it would be poisonous. Exactly. That's really um, woo woo, but feel something like that. So yeah, just having air and trees. I was once in a an outdoor strip mall in I want to say it was in Florida. I don't know exactly. And I remember saying to my mom, I was probably twelve. I was like, "Why aren't all malls like this?" And she was like, "Well, because." In Nova Scotia, there's winter. So it's like you can't really have it outdoors. But then I said, well, why not just have retractable roofs? So for the nice months of the year, you can have it be airy. And even the library where you and I went to university, apparently the roof used to retract or something over the courtyard, but then it's just permanently fixed in place now. A mall having a courtyard. Yeah. It would just be such a nice... That's why I say indoor-outdoor, because it doesn't have to be all outdoor like a ancient greek agora Mm -hmm. but why have it all be indoor yeah like just have little like a zelda dungeon yeah we don't want all dungeon because sometimes you get that nice respite where there's a little outdoor Mm. outdoor passage it's it's so indoor kid i don't know what i'm turning into but something else about shopping i like is those signs that poke usually not in malls but just on outdoor on streets okay the little square signs yeah not big neon ones i know what you mean we, we saw ones. one yesterday. Yeah. Very old European style. Mm. And so maybe if we can incorporate some of that into the mall, especially if, as you're saying, the, the stores will rotate. So it's less about having massive permanent mm. winners fixtures. Also winners. Soul, soulless. There would be no winners. Yeah. So here's my proposition. And I think you'll disagree with me on a few things. But my proposition with like the stores and the contents of these malls, speaking of winners, is that one... It will be mainly apparel focused, not just clothes. There'll be shoes and accessories and things. But I think having designated places for certain tasks is important. Saying that, it won't be just clothing stores. There will also be activities going on and food. Why would I disagree with that? I love activities. I know, but I thought you might disagree with it in that you might think there should also be hardware stores there and those types of things. No, because I 
that sounds very Walmart Supercenter. Okay, you know, one I'm glad stop you shop agree. for everything. And yes. Then, but if it's an outdoor mall, mm-hmm. then these things all kind of leak into each other, right? It's true. Like, like a couple of nice shopping experiences that we've had, I think, in Quebec City, yeah. there's one road that's just really pleasant and walkable and feels like you're in some fairy tale town, like Diagon Alley in mm-hmm. Harry Potter with like the, the stores like leaning down across you from either side. And there's also verticality, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Stairs, no escalators. Those are soulless. Yes. Unless they're those rotating ones. Those are soul. I don't make the rules. I'm just conveying them. And also when we went to Paris, there was this like magnificent and grimy secondhand. I can only describe it as a complex mm. where it was like partially indoors, partially outdoors. And it was pure serendipity because it was like you just did not know what you were going to stumble on. Yeah. Obviously, we were visitors. Mm. But I get the sense that even people who live there, it was so, so randomly uh, arranged that you just, you had no clue. Yeah, it felt very much like you were in Diagon Alley because you could turn a corner like, I was just here, but yeah, it doesn't actually make sense by the rules of physics and geometry. <laughs> I had another rule for the Solacine Mall, and it's that only 25% of things could be imported. Do you feel, how do you feel about that? It's some kind of number. Yeah. I think local character is key, not just in the in the building but obviously in what's what's being sold like that's why i'm saying banana republic yeah soulless because i was thinking there would be these sort of i like general stores i remember in nova scotia there's this place it was called sherbrooke village were you ever at sherbrooke village so it's a model old-timey town so it was like early um 20th century and it was maintained and run everyone would be in period costumes and selling these sort of sort of things and there was a general store where they'd sell candy and they sold all these kind of like old timey things. Uh-huh. And I like that idea of a sort of Walmart, like one stop shop, but not necessarily so soulless because it would be a general store. So maybe the person who owns it is local and they curate the things they sell. But a lot of the kitschy like general stores that are around Montreal, there's like these things called like the mini deponier is like the name of it. Mm-hmm. It's like the mini corner store, but it's all overpriced and not practical it's just kitschy and for like souvenirs yeah but i think genuine like dipanos and like corner stores is cool and the person curating the stuff eco yes you know what's neat about airports also what those conveyor belts Mm, the walking ones the walking ones the human conveyor belts yeah yeah obviously it sounds very like i don't i don't think they're amazing but that's the only place you see them it's true. Like it's just this neat thing. Oh, I go to the airport, get to see that thing. Or even the com- the round conve- conveyor belts that they have <laughs> your luggage on. It's just this neat interact. Oh, there's mine. Got to go run up and grab yeah. it. Like there's something almost carnival-esque about that. And so yeah. I think when you're talking interactivity, uh, one of one of my, the few, it's still soulless, but big mall stores that I like going into is Decathlon, mm. which sells a lot of kind of budget sports goods because they have a little rock climbing wall and a ping pong table and a little football goal set up that you can just kick it into and it makes you feel three again. And also I haven't, obviously I don't know the math, but I feel like that makes you more inclined to buy something because otherwise you don't want to be like a freeloader. That's true. So another idea I had for that was little scarecrows all around the mall. Okay. You said we're apparel themed. Scarecrows mm-hmm. or mannequins, whatever you want to call them. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> no, but we're in but, autumn, so they yes. could be themed. Yes. Scarecrow Festival. Mm-hmm. And so they're not in the stores, because I think that can be sometimes a little bit of a waste of space plus disconcerting. They're just dotted all the way throughout, and they just have clothes on. And you go up to one, and you're like, oh, where's the tag? 
this from that place. Mm. I'll go to that place. But still, it's not just like buy everything from us. It's working together. Yeah, working together. So it's yeah. a little bit of like a scavenger hunt kind of mm. puzzle puzzle-themed shopping. Yeah, my mall had, I remember during the back-to-school season, they'd have that sort of exhibit. There were like 10 mannequins when you walked in all wearing different things. <laughs> yeah. One of them be holding a backpack from the backpack store, which every mall has. The, the backpack store, yes. yeah, we know they have that. <laughs> Bentley. <laughs> I wasn't going to name drop, but yeah, Bentley. <laughs> Who knows how they're still going. Are they? I have a suspicion that they went uh, Are they sold? <laughs> They're right on the line. They're on the line. They're on the cusp. I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> Here's my other proposition. Walkers. Ooh. Because you know when you, especially in the winter in Canada, you walk in, you have your backpack, your, I'm not going to spoil the garment of the week, but your, your manteau, your coat. Yes. And then you're so warm when you get in there and your hair is scratching you. It would just be nice to like put your things in a locker while you're shopping even if you're maybe you're doing a lot of shopping for a new season or back to school or whatever, maybe you can put your things in the locker as you go. So it's less of an overwhelming experience and you can breathe and like actually make decisions instead of, as I said, being uncomfortable making rash decisions. True. That also reminds me of what you and I both agree is the best time of year for them all. Three, two, one, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. That's by far, I don't know if it's Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, or what it is, but when they put this massive tree in the middle with lights on. I mean, what if it was open at night? Ooh. What if it was candlelit shopping? Yeah. These are probably just awful ideas, but <laughs> <laughs> just throwing them out there. Mm-hmm. How, bad, how bad could it be? Yeah. My final thought about like the literal arrangements of clothes in the stores is that every store shouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. Some of them should have, as I said, like a spinning conveyor belt where mm-hmm. you can only see the thing sometimes or like... Yeezy tried to do with just the garbage bins full of clothes and everybody mm-hmm. hated that. Or, you know, I, I spoke to you before about that random bikini store that I always thought looked compelling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, that's a weird thing to say, but it's just because they displayed the the swimsuits from the ceiling. Yeah. Like they were hanging. I remember Northern Reflections used to have a tree, like a fake plastic. What? Like huge tree yes. that you could like go inside. What? Yeah. You know what that also just reminded me of? What if there was a big tree and on it were the products, we like go. a Christmas tree? So many options. If it was, let's say, a candy store. Or what about Willy Wonka, right? <gasps> like that's something I think we can take inspiration from. This store, you can lick the walls. Perfect. This store, everything's edible. Mm-hmm. I used to work at a garden center where the owners would always just instill in, in us, in all the employees, everything's for sale. Even if it doesn't mm-hmm. have a price tag, the customer can buy it if they want. And I just <laughs> thought that was such a funny... And that is funny kind of sole idea. Like if they just wanted a rack that mm-hmm. the things were being displayed on, they could buy it if they wanted. So random. <laughs> yeah. Such a weird... Yeah, the garden center was a strange place. I'm going to do a little lightning round of ideas. I think these are all kind of implicit in the Solocene Mall and in any kind of solar punk vision for the future, but I'll just drop them here for anyone who maybe is thinking this and they're shouting at their phone saying, Alicia and Aaron, why aren't you saying these ideas? I hope people do that. Do you think anyone's ever done that? No. Like finished one of our sentences or... Or if they go like this. Do <laughs> you think anyone's ever laughed listening to this? I think so. We have our moments. Yeah. But maybe our sense of humor is so niche that only you and I find it <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay. So. Or so basic. Yeah. <laughs> a recycling drop-off. A runway or a gallery. Mm, walkway. Yes. And a secondhand shop. And it's going to be accessible by bike and bus. 
No parking lot. Just talking about transport, mm-hmm. like in the airports, conveyor belts, escalators, round ones, elevators, mm-hmm. glass elevators, like in Willy Wonka that go sideways. What if there was just a few, what if there was like a walking lane and a biking lane or skateboard lane? Yeah, depending on the size of it. I think that's fine. And also what about in Wally when the robots kind of get loose in the space station and there's all the different ones and some of them are leaving little painted lines as they go. So shopping carts, right? Yes. Shopping carts, soul. Soul, super soul. Those are just, there's something so, because it's the only place you see them. I guess that's mm. also the, the key to it. Shopping carts with those tennis balls on top, I could take or leave, but just regular shopping carts. And what if we do weird shaped ones? Why not? Why would it have to be so universal? I love this idea. Because kids love shopping carts, especially. Yeah. Especially when they got the mini ones, but. You know which ones I used to hate? Which ones? I think this is more of a UK thing, but the ones we have to put the the money in the money in mm. because my parents always say you do it and i'd be like no no, no i don't want to do it yeah um because i was scared of shopping carts and money it was an early um opposition to the the system <laughs> yeah i was a young <laughs> young rebel so garment of the week you've already alluded to it because you can see it right beside me mm-hmm. i can't hide it but i'll hold it up for the people on youtube it will just cover the entire frame and i'm probably holding it up at a really bad angle and you can describe it for the people listening at home so if you've seen Lord of the Rings, it's like the elven cloaks that they give to the hobbits and the fellowship when they leave the forest elves. It's a heavy, heavy, heavy green cape <laughs> with a black velvet lining, large black buttons, lining. and it's fantastic. Yeah, what are these buttons made of? This is Alicia's cape, that's why I'm yeah. asking her about it. I'm on, like, kind of a wood plastic hybrid. Yeah, they feel hybrid. like wood. Yeah. The green is just the most kind of luxurious rich person while also looking like you could be a forest elf shade mm-hmm. that you can imagine yeah or the other inspiration i was thinking about you mentioned lord of the rings but because after this we're going to talk about movie costumes snufkin from very the snufkin. yeah if you know you know he is very very he she snufkin's snufkin. very very fashionable person mm-hmm. yeah so i wore this cape on christmas to like the christmas pageant at a church here and i felt like i would be cast as the tree because it's <laughs> it's triangular when you yeah, wear it this is actually just... the first thing i've written looks like a triangle yes and i just think in fashion silhouettes is all that matters and also this is very serendipity because when you bought it i i won't say peer pressured told you to buy it i just yeah. made i was like no you're well, you're getting this the thing is i was returning returning pants that i had bought you so the money was kind of in your court that's true and you were like instead of buying yourself another pair of pants why not buy me another right it's this funny marriage phenomenon when you you dress each other Mm -hmm. like you dress the other person and it's partially you dress (laughs) them because that's what you find attractive Mm -hmm. and it's partially you dress them because i wish that fit me and that's there's a lot of that going on because i just i want this i want this cape Mm -hmm. i like the shape of it i like the color of it i like just how comically heavy it is yeah and you very rarely wear it which is kind of annoying but it's because it's so heavy and you also have to wear layers underneath it so it's like you have to be going somewhere specific where you can take off all the layers Mm. because if you were going to the mall on this you can't wear a backpack with it can't bike in it you have to be everything has to be in line the stars have to be aligned (laughs) to wear the cape if that's all i'm saying the triangles have to be aligned but maybe if you're lucky someday you'll shrink and it will fit you if I'm lucky, I'll shrink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just didn't know how to say And the other information on the cape. I mean, it's wool, I'm assuming. It doesn't, I just look, there's no label on it. There's no, yeah. I don't even think there's a brand. No. <laughs> Which is also part of the, the Snufkin serendipity soul, soulfulness of it. Because I put it to you also that the internet has no serendipity. Yeah. There is never anything. It's always... You search for something, in which case it's an intentional, you're seeking it out, you have mm-hmm. to punch it into Google, or the algorithm puts it in front of you, and the algorithm is not serendipitous at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, maybe I'm intruding on some like wider discussion of free will here or something, but the algorithm, soulless, stumbling around a store, or maybe literally just falling down a flight of stairs onto a cape, soul. Soul. Yeah, I have no idea what it's made of. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel like No, it's, it's, it must be wool. But, yeah, given the weight. Yeah, the mess. You don't want to get that wet. No. Has it ever been cleaned? Oh, no. No. Okay, so the um, the, the movie costumes that we wanted to take inspiration from, mm-hmm. maybe this is, again, less of a systemic Solocene discussion and more of a individual, our own preferences, but we'll try and draw some principles from it. Mm-hmm. I will begin with the movie that inspired what I'm wearing to record this episode, which is just very, very basic white polo and blue jeans, a movie called Ocean Waves, mm. which is one of Studio Ghibli's much less popular movies. I think it was straight to TV. It's from 1993 and it's on Netflix, so I recommend people watch it. But the story is irrelevant. It's a very mild coming of age. Yeah, very mild coming of age drama with the high school kids. It doesn't matter. You just have to watch it. Because mm-hmm. it's one of the most visually, like one of the most stunning movies I've ever seen. And the animation is not that impressive, but just like the color scheme on everything is on point. It's a pure vibes movie. Mm-hmm. And going along with this is the costumes. Yeah. Just crispy. I mean, they're all Japanese, but they also spend some time in Hawaii. There's just something very like dreamy and collegiate i guess about mm-hmm. it so ocean yeah waves. i remember when i watched that being obsessed with the costumes and probably going in and buying like a red and white striped shirt i think one of the characters <laughs> wear and yeah it really is super similar the costuming to my favorite costume movie ever which is call me by your name the costumes in that movie are just so perfect and perhaps when i was trying to come up with other movies that i like the costumes in this is like a 10 and everything else is like a four on my ranking because it's just like even the best Oscar winning costumes. There's something about the costumes in this movie, which are so naturalistic and ocean waves has a two bits animated. Yeah. So it's like you can make things look a lot more naturalistic and fitting the. Yes, yeah, true. Most costumes in movies, especially ones that try and be normie or high school or currents. Yeah. They don't look anything like that. <laughs> and I don't know how to describe it besides it's like the costumes on the people's bodies don't match the backgrounds. And I feel like that's something mm. we've been talking Tennis a lot theory. about. Yeah. Of like, it doesn't look like it was actually worn in that environment. And I've been noticing this about people as well lately of like, if you see someone in their clothes, you can almost tell everything about them and not just like, oh, they look like a skater. So their house must have a poster of like, okay. Tony something Hawk. of Tony Hawk, yeah. But it's just like you can kind of tell their eclecticism, I suppose. So what you do is judge books by their covers. Yes. Okay. But with this movie, the costume design, I read a ton about it. And the woman who did it, she's she's Roman, 
and so like grew up in Rome. And she said a lot of the costumes in Call Me By Your Name were taken out of her husband's wardrobe because hmm. he had all of his high school clothes from the 80s. And this movie's set in the 80s. So they were literally worn like aged and yeah, that's ser- why it looked so perfect, I think. And I think when it comes to costuming movies, if I ever get the chance to contribute to that in any way, I would be really strict about sourcing period costumes, clothes that were genuinely worn in the period. And it's like a lot of movies are set today, but I feel like people either just go to Zara and like buy things they think look trendy instead of just going to a kid's a high school student's or don't be like, I'm going to borrow this. Yeah. Something else, like my one comment on Call Me By Your Name or just why why costumes tend to look good in certain movies is that there are a lot of, there's a lot of fabric. You know, yeah. something that I, just like a personal opinion, but most clothes are too tight and yeah. clothes look best when there's just a lot of it, mm-hmm. when it's just like a big shirt. Yeah. And I feel like especially- folds, you can see the way it drapes and the way it hangs and it like brushes up against a a wall or someone's walking by like that's kind of what people like i think but. yeah and it's just like i feel like when people are designing costumes for movies they're tailoring it to the person like i want this to look super well fitted but in reality things aren't actually tailored for us but i don't think they should be is what i'm saying exactly. but that's a i guess that's another conversation so my second one also animated also studio ghibli porco you know, rosso porco rosso aaron is obsessed with this sweet pig marco yeah and he's kind of jealous of his physique i am and I think you, I mean, I won't steal the floor. You tell me about it. Yeah, I'll just say this is perhaps one of my most embarrassing Google searches of recent times, which was Porco Rosso height and weight. Hmm. And unfortunately, I, I got, no no, information. got no information. But if I was to put a number on it, maybe five foot one, something like that, and like 220 pounds. Yeah. So he's just very short and very wide. And again, just my personal opinion, that's the best combination for looking nice in clothes also porco is a little bit of a get you a man who can do both because he'll wear the aviator fit because mm-hmm. he's a, he's a seaplane pilot slash bounty hunter but also he can he can uh clean up he can clean up and he can go and have a nice dinner at the hotel and you know so i think it's that versatility about porco that i really enjoy <laughs> also porco wrote for some reason i didn't know this but it was uh, inspired by a 15-page manga that Miyazaki wrote or mm. drew, which was called The Age of the Flying Boat. It's a watercolor manga, so that's mm. now on my Christmas list. Love that. My next one is Roman Holiday. It's similar to It Follows My Rules of Dressing for Movies. It looks natural yet iconic. More iconic, obviously, than Call Me By Your Name because the outfits that are worn in that movie are just like timeless. I feel like it probably greatly inspired or was inspired by the little black dress theory. And it just, yeah, everyone looks normal and natural. And like the main character in that movie, she is supposed to be kind of like on the border of like middle class and upper class. So she's kind of straddling that. And it's really realistic because I feel like in movies when there's someone who's straddling that, like trying to fit in with the upper, upper class, they're, actual lifestyle is like what we would consider very bougie and very fancy Mm -hmm. it's like the struggling journalist living in new york who has a walk-in closet and like a beautiful flat and it's like that's not realistic yeah but in this one it's actually realistic like her apartment is small and it's like it's still a little bit like glamorous like the 60s maybe yeah (laughs) it feels realistic i think that's important in costuming and set design 
I have three more and I guess I'll just rush through these because they're not at the Ghibli level for me, but mm-hmm. they were also, they're more like honorable mentions. Okay. And one is the third Harry Potter film, Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. This one is probably the only one that's notable for its costumes because it's the first where they're just not wearing wizard robes. Yeah. And it doesn't explain it in the film. By the book, they should be wearing the robes, mm-hmm. but here they just decided, no, it's more of a coming of age. So instead of them all wearing the black robes and pointed hats, we're going to have Harry in his blue shirt and Hermione in a like, hoodie and Ron in, I don't know, something relatively poor looking. Yeah. And uh, I think the fits in this movie are okay, but more, more so it's the tennis theory of it made Hogwarts look like a livable, real place rather mm-hmm. than an entirely fantasy world. And I yeah. know a lot of people dislike it for that reason which i think is a valid criticism but i liked it because it se- they seemed more like just kids running around however magical the the grounds were they were just wearing like very very like almost deliberately boring ugly mundane muggle clothes let's say mm-hmm. so i'll go for that one yeah i think often in fantasy or in period pieces they try to make a look relatable yet still period so like we watched the video the other day about historical costuming it's like yeah so if it's going to be set in the 1700s but the movie was released in the 50s there'll be those kind of 50s silhouettes yeah in um there's a line about that in once upon a time in hollywood mm-hmm. the the guy says nothing anachronistic but where does 1869 meet 1969 something mm-hmm. like that so. yeah exactly and i think it's important in the costuming so if it was genuinely like period it would probably just look too like you wouldn't really even like the characters <laughs> to an extent because like they need to be familiar but to i don't us. think that matters though sometimes mm-hmm. i mean i guess it just depends what the movie's trying to do well that's what i'm gonna get to is in lord of the rings i feel like they were just like yeah the hobbits have huge hairy feet and they wear these like <laughs> 15 piece outfits and it's just is how it is yeah. and in its surrealism it becomes kind of familiar because it's just like you feel so immersed in it and so if a period movie or a fantasy is going to just like genuinely immerse you in it then they can go and do whatever and i feel like lord of the rings really didn't shy away from making things foreign and making things just like (laughs) awe-inspiring i guess in the costuming who do you think is has the best fit in the trilogy Ooh. dare i say gandalf's outfit is just like (laughs) gandalf the gray or the white the gray. Yeah, okay. It's just so much fabric, as you said. <laughs> but that's just says something about my style. I'm just like, I love huge. I like how he has a big stick. I'm always big. Yeah, big stick, stick big hat. Fits him. It's like when people say their like, dogs start to look like their owners and vice versa. I feel like Gandalf, like his clothes just like are an extension of him. And that makes sense for his character. And then the elves are obviously all like proper and shiny all the time, even when they've been out in the woods for however yeah. long. And... Yeah, the costuming in that was fantastic. And yeah, my solo scene takeaway from the movie costumes are being obviously dressing for what you're doing, but just like... I'm going to go slice some orcs. I'm going to go yeah, hit the mines. Exactly. But also, yeah, making your clothes an extension of your life and your personality. And it's just like, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what they're going to be wearing. So the last two movies you haven't seen, I don't think. That's another weird marriage phenomenon that you keep not only a catalog of everything that you've seen, but also I just know, yeah. <laughs> like I just know with with quite a degree of certainty if you've seen a movie or not. Mm-hmm. Which maybe that's kind of sad. I don't know. It's um, Petite Maman, which came out in 2021, and this is a very small movie. It's only like 70 minutes, and there's only like three characters, and mm-hmm. two of them are eight year old girls. 
but they are wearing these massive coats and jumpers mm-hmm. all the way through sweaters, which just look very, I don't usually like this word, but cozy. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of how long it took when you were young to get ready to go outside when it was, when it was in the winter or to come back inside afterwards. Mm, it that's took the like worst, a good 10 sweating. minutes. Yeah. Because you're just wearing these massive snow pants. Kids in snowsuits are also a favorite uh, inspiration of mine because the way they just look so wide and also how kind of unselfconscious they are, I guess. Because yeah. I feel like as an adult, well, I know this, we just stop wearing snowsuits. Mm-hmm. It's not that it stops snowing. We just stop going out in it, I guess. And also, I think no one wants to be wearing these massive, very, very, like incredibly loud pants mm-hmm. that just everyone can hear you from across the yeah. hall as you're walking but there's something there's something really glorious about that so that was my pick okay my next is my only period one that i chose which is the favorite i remember watching it and being like these are really impressive dresses and beautiful costumes but not gaudy like mm. i feel like a lot of period costumes because they're going for the oscar basically yeah. and maybe they're super super specific like there was that movie recently came out I don't know if I don't think it was House of Gucci, but it was like a fashion movie where they were like recreating all of the dresses of someone. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> something like that. It was like a fashion-based movie, so they were meticulously recreating dresses. It's like obviously it's period and like accurate, but it's almost like you need to tone it down a bit for us because when you're watching it, it's like okay, maybe they actually were wearing things covered in jewels, but is that realistic? And when we watched. Beauty and the Beast, like the French one, it's all black and white. Oui, la belle et la bête. La belle et la bête. I loved the costumes in that because they were campy, but it's like when they're when a movie's black and white, it needs to be campy. Or when it's Wizard of Oz, it needs to be a bit more Broadway, I guess. Yeah, theatrical. But when with the quality, if you're going to be shooting a movie in IMAX, I feel like you can tone it down a bit. It's like we get the point because the colors come across. Yeah, I always think that that's like the like shooting on film even versus digital like there's a massive yeah. distance in difference in i think what you should put on on in the yeah. frame just because of how it's presented mm-hmm. but that's maybe another discussion yeah, for the film semester that's very technical um and then final one for me is a movie called her which came out in 2013 mm-hmm. all of our movies very recent yeah and that's that's something interesting surprised you didn't pick mamma mia i guess that's still recent also though <laughs> but i think maybe next week we could have a question about decades like some, you know, people talk about different eras or like history, yeah, some kind of as well. historical uh, informed question. But her is interesting because it's set in the near future. Yeah. And the clothes look, as we say, slightly ahead of the curve. Yeah. And not just the clothes, but the buildings, everything. I remember this video game scene where it's just like very, very plausible 15 years from now type thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the clothes are anything spectacular. But they're bright colored and they're memorable. And I guess that's only ever good if it's memorable. Yeah. And I not because so. they're ugly. It's just like, oh, that's slightly different. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think they're very like informed by past trends. Mm-hmm. It's just like high-waisted things with bold primary colors. But when people say 80s are in, 90s are in, 70s are in, early 2000s are in, and, you know, people who live through those times will say it with a kind of cynicism, like, oh, we were wearing exactly this in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Or, 
but it's never actually exactly the same. It always yeah. does look quite different. Yeah, when I heard the costume designer talking about the Call Me By Your Name costuming, she was like, we could have gone with like the 80s cliches. But that's they went maybe, around. That's maybe why they look different, because yeah. we just go for the greatest hits, cliches type thing. Exactly. But also, I think even when it comes around, even when it comes back, like early 2000s, right? Like that's very yeah. in vogue right now. The things people wear, the whole outfit doesn't look like something straight mm-hmm. out of the early 2000s. There's always something slightly different. Yeah, because the silhouettes have changed, like yeah. the body, like expectations have changed a bit, hairstyles. Yeah, exactly. Very so I think when people talk like cyclical, it's not 100% accurate. Yeah. Accurate, maybe. Yeah, it's evolving. That was too fashion-y for me. Too fashion-y, too movie. Yeah. (laughs) But that's kind of our dynamic. Off-screen, off-mic. Speaking of off-mic, the episode is over. Thank you for listening. If you want to buy our zines, they're on our website. Buy our clothes on our website. We are on Tumblr now. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.